Paging Dr. Seiler. Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Well, Happy New Year to everybody, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on the Florida Man Radio Network, and this is our first show of the new year. And as always in the house, we have Justin Kenny. This just in. We have the fiscal therapist, Jared Bocart. We also have our megalennial herself, Miss Nikki Ward. Guys, girls, how you guys doing so far in the new year? I'm feeling 22. Yeah. You're feeling 22. I wish. Don't, Justin, don't Same. you wish? You felt 22? Yes, <laughs> I do. I mean, I feel way older than uh, that. A little rickety right now, but, you know. Well, you know what? It's going to be, uh, we hope, first of all, for our business, the year's been good. So far, so good. 21. Well, 21 was good. So let's see what happens this year. I, look, we're going to talk about the markets. We're going to talk what it did last year. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We have what the Fed is talking about, which mm-hmm. came out uh, earlier this week. We also have uh, Apple. We're going to talk about that like we do almost every week, which is stock we do own, but it's not a recommendation right now. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. But let's first of all go over, you know, last year was another banner year in stocks. And just before we go any further, I want to let everybody know we are recording the show on Thursday, January 6th, and it's about 3.31 p.m. So the market is still open. And I'll give you an update on that real quick. The Dow Jones down 118 points, the NASDAQ up 25, the S&P 500 up four. The market's been a little bit of a struggle after Monday, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's go into, you know, last year, another banner year for stocks. Who would have thought again? Again. In 2020, good year after the the 30-day bear market. Yeah, after everything we saw at the beginning of, of 2020. And wow. 2021, you think, okay, there's going to be struggles. I mean, we had one 10% correction. And that was later in the year in 2021. So the Dow last year was up about 21%. The S&P, 26 and change. The NASDAQ, 27 and change. The Russell underperformed, which I think it's time for the small caps to catch up. They were up uh, 13.7%. And what's interesting is that there was a diversion between growth and value in the different capitalization size companies. So small in mid-sized companies, value outperform growth. And we're going to explain what the difference is in just a moment. But in the big stocks, growth outperform value. And we're talking significantly. So if you would own, for example, a an XYZ growth mutual fund and an XYZ value mutual fund, just make it easy, okay? The growth part was up 32%. Yep. The value up under 25%. That's 700 basis points. Yeah, there's a 7%. Stark, stark difference there. 
in contrast to that, growth versus value in the mid-sized companies, all right, just not not the enormous ones, not the Apples not and the Microsoft. The, not the oil companies. Right, the, the middle-sized companies, growth was up 19%, value up almost 31%. In the small companies, the small stocks, growth up 22.5%, value up under 31%. That, to me, is a huge divergence. And, and part of the explanation to that is that there were five stocks in the market, five, that were responsible for one-third of the S&P 500's return for 2021. So the S&P, we'll call it 26%, up 26. One-third of that was from five companies. Five stocks. Yeah. And I know you guys know which ones they are, so I'm not going to ask you to guess. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you. Microsoft, Google, Apple, NVIDIA, and Tesla. Those five represent one-third of the S&P's 500 for 2021. Now, if we break down the, the year a little bit more, from April of last year to December of last year, so in that eight, seven, eight-month time frame. Yeah, good chunk of the year. Those five stocks represented 51% of the S&P 500 return. And if you look at the entire year, only 25 stocks, 50 stock, 5% of the S&P 500 accounted for 58% of the gains in the S&P 500. Slightly concentrated. Very concentrated. So, but the common theme of the companies that perform well was cash flow, cash on hand, earnings, yep. and pricing power. Sure. Companies like Microsoft, Apple, they're going to charge what they're going to charge. Right. It, it just is what it is. You're not getting we're, a lot of discounts. No, we're going to pay for it. Right. You're not getting a lot of discounts. Tesla, you're not getting a lot of discounts. Nope, nope, nope. All right. NVIDIA. Their chips, hey. High demand. High demand, right. and there's a shortage. Why would they cut deals? Why? Right. There's no, there's no reason. And Google's Google. <laughs> it's a verb. And Google sells, uh, they, uh, I don't know, they do something. Us. Yeah. Advertising. Yeah. Yes, and they do, they do a ton of it. And, and their, their cloud business is unprecedented. It's, it's enormous. It's like uh, Amazon's cloud business. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely enormous. So the sectors that really performed well last year in order of performance, energy, okay, no surprise, about 58%. Real estate, now these are real estate stocks. So these are stocks that invest so, in real estate, mostly a lot of these REITs. So real estate isn't home builders necessarily. It's no, it is a real, real estate, estate trust. Yes. And, okay. So those were up 46%. Financials, which could be anything from banks to regionals to insurance companies or finance companies, 35%. And then IT, again, technology, we'd expect... Oh. That to do 34%. I, I wonder how much of that 34, 35% was brokerage. I mean, it was a great year. It was a great year. So I'd have to say a chunk. Yeah. And, and you know, you can spin off fintech out of financials too, but, you know, the, the broad based sector was financials. And, you know, we own financials. Yep. We own, we were, we were light energy. That, that to me was a, was a faux pas of last year. We were light on energy. We owned some, but we were light on energy. We owned technology. We owned real estate. Uh, we were only right on 99% yeah. of it. That stuff did well. Jeez. Um, the weakest sectors last year, and these weren't too weak, utilities, 17%. Consumer staples, 18 and change. Yeah. Industrials, 21. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> right. I'll take that, work. that weakness. Like any the any laggards, given year. The, right. Right. So- there are other asset classes that had a good run last year and then really have, have come off of those highs. We're talking, of course, in the crypto space. You know, Bitcoin down 
32% from its high. This is before uh, the last couple of days, and, and again, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Ether is down 24% from its highs. And, and by the way, coming up in the third segment of the show, we have Jesse from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. He'll be joining us. We're going to talk about what's new in cryptos for this year. What should we expect? Is there any new regulation that could change the way you either buy or sell crypto or how you use crypto, which we had a conversation before the show. Has anybody, do we know anybody that he used cryptocurrency to buy a good or service? Right. Personally, no. No, not personally. I don't either. I mean, Tesla supposedly takes it. Do you know anybody that's bought a Tesla with cryptocurrency? No. Okay. Um, look, the market started out like gangbusters. On Monday of this week, Apple became the very first three trillion, that's with a T, three trillion dollar company. We own Apple. We have to always disclose it's well, it's well documented. It's our largest holding. We own it personally, many of us. Uh, clients own it for 10 years. We've had it forever. Or more. Right. Uh, the company is unbelievable. And it's, a, it's one of those stocks that if you had time and patience, you're getting paid. You know what I love about this one? feels like it was 20 minutes ago that they hit one trillion uh it was august of 2018 i know that to me in my lifespan that's nothing just 16 months ago apple was a two trillion dollar company so it went up 50 percent in 16 months yep now part of that is that apple is buying back their own shares mm-hmm. Nikki's favorite thing uh-huh. so when they do buy back their own shares it does benefit shareholders there's less shares out there to buy that's less supply versus demand it also helps increase the earnings per share because mm-hmm, you're taking you have less shares to the outstanding shares and you're shrinking that number. Absolutely. So that happens sure. and that is happening with a lot of these large companies. They're buying back. Look, one of the things, think about it. If you're an Apple shareholder, yeah, they bought back shares five years ago. It's up huge. What would you rather do with that money? Yeah. I mean, they've made their acquisitions. They've done they, they don't do a lot of acquiring. I mean, the last big one was Beats. Right, not to mention the fact that they just have just an ocean of cash to do stuff like this with. Exactly. I mean, just a tremendous amount of cash. They do. Exactly. And about that same, the same day, I think, didn't Tesla, I think on Monday also, reported they delivered in 2021 308,600 vehicles to the market, and the expectation was 267,000. So that along with the fact that Elon Musk appears to be done selling stock. It's the end of the year, so I mean, beginning of the new year, he's probably not going to sell anymore in the short term. The stock went up 13% in one day. Yeah, Tesla's delivery volume increased 71% year over year in the fourth quarter of 2021. I mean, that that's impressive. But keep in mind, it may be impressive, but the numbers are still small Yeah, relative to Ford, to GM, cars. and Toyota. Right, to, to, to that industry. But again, Tesla's a stock we own. And, you know, somewhere, look, I've seen a lot of price targets on Tesla. It's interesting because I've seen some price targets at 250, 350. Then I see 1350 and 1500. So, you know, I don't know if the analysts are trying to be a hero and saying, I think it's going to 250 and they'll never know it. You'll never know unless it goes to 250. Right. Uh, I tend to think that Tesla, when you think of EV, you think of Tesla first. Absolutely. Sure. You're not thinking of Lucid. You're not thinking of Rivian. Rivian right. You're not even thinking of Ford and GM, really. Not not yet. I do sort of think of Honda myself because of the insight, you know, the 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 ugly little hybrid cars that they were coming up with, you know, 
what, 15 years yeah, ago? I, yeah, I think of Toyota, Prius. Yeah, I was going to sure. say Prius. For right. Me. But Prius is a hybrid. I mean, they, they, they probably make an electric version now. It was one of the first cars right. that, were, that were green. Uh, yeah, green, yeah. electric, whatever you want to call it. I, I also think of Lee when I think of I would Priuses. never own a Prius. You know what I think of? Harley Davidson. I don't. <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> he's joking because Harley has that new I know. Uh, he's being EV, a, he's being EV a motorcycle pants. that we've talked about. Um, you know, th- there's stocks in general. I mean, those big stocks... Oftentimes, when they hit these landmark numbers, one trillion, two trillion, three trillion, that is the trigger to sell it off. That's that's the ramp right before the shark. Yep. And you know, Apple hit that high the other day it was one eighty two and change, and uh, let's see the exact number. It was one eighty two ninety four, and now and we're talking Thursday afternoon. It's trading one seventy two. Yeah. We're down ten bucks. Is that concern or is it cautious? I'm not cautious on Apple right now. I think no. the stock's probably going to be okay. Now, you know, we don't know what the chip shortage, how it's going to affect them, but they seem to have done pretty well in um, maneuvering around the chip shortage. And I don't know if it was chips in particular, but I know that they've had issues with getting some of the parts for the cameras for some of the iPhone 13s. Yeah. So. But we uh, look, we own Apple, and I would buy more on a pullback. The stock's extended. I, would, I don't want to touch it. Uh, speaking of stocks that some people may not want to touch, the cruise lines. Yeah. The cruise lines... They, after taking a hit last week, 3%, on Monday, they showed uh, earlier this week an impressive rally, and this is on the heels of the FDA. They, they announced emergency use for 12 to 15-year-olds. They can now use it, the booster, the booster shots. Right. But what really amazes me is the CDC came right out and said, don't go on cruises. Oh, they said, we don't care if you play with scissors. We don't care, we don't care if, you, if you, you know, put firecrackers in your hands just whatever you do don't get on a cruise ship hey we're going to take a short break and we'll be back after a few moments but uh, we ask everybody to stick around right here in the stock doctor's prescription are you losing sleep over recent market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings let's face it if you're at or near retirement you can't afford to lose 40 percent of your nest egg like so many did in 2008. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Now you can have both. Principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it and your gains are locked in. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose. It's that simple. If you like the idea of avoiding market risk but earning more than a CD, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. We'll keep it simple. We'll teach you time-tested, proven strategies to help grow your income and keep your principles safe for retirement. To get started, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Stock Doctor Prescription right here on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. Before the break, and the, uh, the, the clock came on us pretty quick here, and we were... Right in the middle of discussing uh, some local interest stuff, the CDC and the cruise lines, and yeah. and how the, uh, the the CDC came right out and said, "Hey, uh, I wouldn't go on cruises if I were you." They were just like, "Yo, yeah, <laughs> don't do it." To underline the point too, they're saying regardless of vaccination status, regardless, don't go. 
And and I if they I, had said irregardless though. Ir- yeah, that's, now I would I would rather be on a on a cruise than an airplane. Seriously. You keep saying that. Say I'm not that. sure myself. I think you know an airplane. I'm going to be on and off that plane. Keep the mask on the whole time. Feel clean when I get off. But apparently COVID. I'm going to I'm going to go on both. It doesn't matter to me either. Well, you're Captain America. You're not worried about it. Apparently, COVID does not spread when you're drinking something on a plane. On a plane, it doesn't spread uh, side to side either. No, it does not. The COVID knows. (laughs) The COVID. The COVID knows. Anyway, so the um, the cruise lines you would think would get absolutely destroyed on that news. They rallied hard. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't either. Now we do on some carnival. We own some uh, Norwegian. We all bought it all cheap. In fact, I looked at the uh, our lists of positions and we bought in late November through early December bought a lot of carnival between 17 and change and 20 so a stock right now is 21 dollars so um, I'm pretty pleased with that position again this is this is something I'm probably going to rent and not own so um, before we go into the millennial moment which is coming up here in just a few moments we want to encourage you guys to do a beginning of the year checkup on your portfolio I mean Justin IRAs, you yeah. can contribute until April 15th. Yeah, if you haven't filed yet, and there, you know, there's a caveat there, but call us and we'll talk about it. 407-831-8002. If you have any questions about this kind of stuff, give us a yell here in the office. But yes, if you haven't filed your taxes yet, you still have time to make an IRA contribution, which should give you a deduction if you fit within certain criteria. So it's important. And if you haven't done your taxes, you can come do kill two birds with one stone. Right. Come do them here. Um, and we could, we'll do a free risk analysis for you on your IRA. Yeah, and that's a home run. Jared Jared is uh, able to do taxes, so he can prepare your taxes, and we can go through your retirement plans right then and there and say, okay, well, you can you can do 7000 or 6000 whatever you qualify for. Or if you have a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, especially if you're self-employed, those are things that you may not know that could save you on taxes. They could. And I think this goes back to just uh, as a firm, our our commitment to getting better, Nikki, getting the CFP. Uh, we're trying to just have as many options for you guys as possible. Yeah. So if you do need somebody to prepare your taxes, and we're not doing business taxes, it's individual taxes, uh, you can reach us at uh, 407-831-8002. But you hear the music. It's in the air. So are the hands and the arms. I see you guys moving back and forth. Love that. It's time for our millennial moment. And that is with our megalennial, Miss Nikki Ward. Nick, what do you got for us today? So granted, it wasn't a regular consumer electronics show this year. That's the annual Mecca to Vegas every January to kick the tires on some new tech. Because a lot of the people that were going to be running the exhibits and journalists that were going to cover the show decided to go remote because of the surge of Omicron. Am I saying that? Omicron. Omicron. I've been to that show, by the way. I'm dying to go. It's awesome. And related travel challenges have kept people from attending. So it's hybrid, online and in person, which I feel like is kind of a central theme going into 2022 of this hybrid model of, you know, working from home and going to the office a few days. So I think we're going to see more of that. So it's kind of interesting because I didn't know that this is the show that launched pop culture products like the camcorder and CD player in 1981. Right. That brings back like dad vibes of that being on his shoulder and like jorts. Yep. Um, DVDs in 1996. DVR in 1999. Oh, DVDs in 96, Mm -hmm. not the CD. No. Mm -hmm. CD is way before that. Okay. The CD player, though, was 1981. 
1981. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that CDs were that far back. I really thought it'd be more like 87, 86, somewhere in that range. No, I think it took a while for DVDs. Remember, it was VHS. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about CDs. Well, CDs was no, that was the early 80s for sure. Mm-hmm. Early Blue, though, I don't know. Blu-ray, 2003. Yeah. Tablets, 2010. So this wow, is only the, 2010 for tablets. That's 12 years ago, man. It seems like been around forever. I know. And so this is the 55, 55th CES, and it still managed to impress. So some of the things that I thought were interesting. So GM made some waves. They are talking about their latest integrations with Cruise for an autonomous ride hailing service that could potentially, you know, rival Tesla's self-driving mode. It will offer true hands-off driving, even on local roads. Wait, and what's it called? It is called Cruise. Well, it's it's with Cruise, so the next step beyond Super Cruise. The last cruise they had had ignition problems that killed a thousand people or something like that. Eesh. Terrible name. Oh. Terrible name. Yeah. Oh, the cruise. The, yeah, Chevy, Chevy cruise. cruise. It was oh, a big problem. huge recall. Yes. They need to just bury that one. Yeah. Definitely come up with a, just some new branding. Uh, Moen, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, yeah. smart faucet with motion control. It's a kitchen faucet that lets you wave your hand in front of the sensor to start and stop the flow of water, and you can control the temperature using gestures in the air, too. Seems like a lot of and stuff. You program it so it doesn't use go work with your hands? This way, when I go by, I don't have to do dishes. <laughs> my ex- that's my excuse? I don't think you need any excuses to not do dishes. I, I dishes. You, do you? I do. I'm surprised. How's, load them in the dishwasher? I was going to say, yeah. I do. I rinse them off with the sponge. I don't want to touch the sponge. It's the one with the handle. I wipe them off. No. No, the, the sponge smells nasty, and you can't get rid of that smell until yeah, you wash disgusting. your hair. It's disgusting. So you wash your I put hair? Do you wash your hair? I, sometimes I do have to go in there and shower and take, a, take another shower just because my hands won't get rid of that smell. All right. So BMW revealed a concept version of its iX electric car that can change its exterior shading with the press of a button. So this transformation from white to black and shades of gray, 50 shades, in between is made possible by e-ink, which is a coating that surfaces different pigments based on electrical signals. No Crazy. idea what that means. Uh, but this is the idea that you can change your vehicle's appearance depending on your mood or your personality. But there are practical benefits. I mean, you can keep your car into your cooler if you're sweating it out in Florida like us. Or you could also, you know, stay warmer by switching it to a darker color if you're wow. cold. I thought regular north. paint jobs were expensive enough. So is it... You can change it yourself. Or is it automatic? Just a button. Just hit a button. You can say you mm-hmm. want to be a white car. You mm-hmm. want to be a gray car. Yep. How you feeling today? What? That's crazy. I don't think they they can go from like purple to to white. To, you know, I think it's no. Like we're we're strictly few, within the uh, black, uh, white, and gray shades. Right. Right. For now. For yeah, now. For now. That's right. Still, yeah, that's still impressive. That is really impressive. I think that that this is going to be in, uh, just such an expensive thing that it's going to fall by the way. That option is going to be really expensive. Right. It's going to be, I feel like, few and far between. Yeah. And this is still just a concept. You can't go to your local Beamer dealership and get this. Yet. Yet. So there's Moon Bikes Electric Snow Bike, an all-electric snowmobile, weighs less than 200 pounds, goes 26 miles an hour, and runs for an hour and a half on a charge. That's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Controlling your earbuds with your hands or a voice assistant, so 2008. What's next? Skipping music tracks with your mind. So a French startup has created a neural interface that can let you do things like play music or answer a call without having to physically move at all. All right, I'm out. I'm moving to Montana. Uh, yeah, that's... To me, I'm like, the only thing that your we mind actually now. have privacy is in our mind. I'm not doing neural interfaces. It's a cool concept, but I'm too much of a privacy wow. freak for that. Skynet. Wow. 
it could show up in AR and VR headsets. Like, this is not just headphones. This is the beginning. That's crazy. Beginning of the end. And, and, and the you know, nerds are so brilliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. And, and if you went to that show, literally, it's it's full of nerds. I bet you. I want to go. I was, I'm the coolest guy there. So I would go. Which, that's easy. Uh, it's not uncommon to be in a room where Lee is the coolest no, guy. No, of but. course not. All right. Lastly, so there is a gaming chair. It is a, has haptic feedback. So it's vibrating movements to simulate real life feelings. So say you're playing some kind of racing game like F1 2021. <laughs> You'd be able to feel every corner of the track. So it supports more than 2,200 games, movies, and music titles. Uh-huh. So I was thinking, like, like you, Lee, you're a big movie guy. If you could watch Dune and like have haptic feedback where you felt like you were right there, is yeah, that like, something that you would I've do? I've always thought that that would be really, really well, cool. when you go to Disney, they have those kind right, of... Right, yeah. Uh, they spritz you with water. What was that? Uh, 4D. It's yeah, Disney's Philharmonic uh, or something. Shrunk the Kids or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Well, no, it's sort of like uh, Spider-Man at Universal. Right. You know, like they shoot fire and they blast you with hot air. It's really interactive and really fun. I think that that's awesome. Awesome. Do that in, in your, your house, house watching a movie? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, that would be interesting. So, Nikki, that's a bucket list for you, isn't it? Absolutely. All right. The Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and it's hybrid now, you said. I'm coming for you. It's hybrid? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, first for of all, the foreseeable future. It won't be great. Just Oh, I don't want to attend virtually. No way. Hey, that was our megalennial Miss Nikki Ward with her millennial moment. Swing those arms. There you go. Uh. Uh, yeah. Uh. Ha ha. Ha ha. Okay. I enjoyed the Christmas break not having to hear that song. Really? I'm sure Nikki did too. No, it's on my favorite. What do you mean? I I played it every single morning. I thought you did a contract negotiation. I just hear it in my dreams. I really should have. Hey, uh, we have a listener question, so let's uh, address that, and then we're going to go into some of our market concerns. So, uh, listener questions from Jessica in Orlando. She asks With COVID seemingly not going away, would you change your portfolio to take less risk? I'm 45, and I've been mostly aggressive in mutual funds, but I don't want to see my portfolio lose the gains it made over the past few years. That is a legitimate concern. Uh, She's 45, so she has the time frame, so we know this. She's in mutual funds, so she's already diversified. We're we're guessing if we have mutual funds. You already had diversified portfolios. So you know, one thing, Jessica, that you can look at is the types of funds you're involved in. If they say aggressive or aggressive growth or large cap growth, yes, maybe you look for large or mid cap value or something like that. Even small caps, small cap value. And I think that could be a good play. I mean, small caps underperformed for the last couple of years. They are due to make a move. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Russell is about 10 percent off its high right now. Exactly. So there may be opportunity. So maybe I would say if you if you feel you're a little aggressive and you are growth oriented, I'm not saying totally get out of growth because nobody's going to know exactly if growth is going to perform well. I would say if you're mostly growth, maybe shift some of those assets. Go to small value, mid, mid-size mid value, something like that. Maybe even some blends, too. If you wanted, if you don't want to get necessarily out of growth, do some blended funds, maybe some blended small uh, small cap. Yeah, and blended is basically both a co- combination yes. of growth and value. And the other thing you do, if you want really a lot of uh, less risk, you can go into some fixed income. Look at some floating rate funds things that will give you an interest rate. Uh, dividend yielding stocks you'll get automatically in some of these value funds. So that's that's a good place to be. So, um, But the other thing, Jessica, if you need more information, or you need uh, more of an answer, we do suggest you call the office. All you do is dial 
831-8002-407-831-8002. And that'll uh, get you in touch with one of our advisors here, Nikki, Jared, or Justin, or myself, and we'll talk about your portfolio. All right? Why wouldn't you? I was going to say that was my number one piece of advice right off the bat would be give us a call. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So let's go over some market concerns because coming up in the next segment, we have Jesse from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. And uh, we only have about a minute and a half left in this segment. But one of the main market concerns, just like Jessica in Orlando, is COVID. But the good news with COVID is that, yes, cases are at record highs, but the hospitalizations and the deaths are way down from where they were. Yes, they're higher than they were a few well, months ago. I mean, ago. deaths are lagging. They are. But, I mean, you never know. But it seems to me like you know, this thing is giving us a leg up and we're figuring out how to treat it and it's, you know, lost a little bit well, of its bite. Plus 70% of the Americans have been vaxxed. Yeah. So does that mean they've been boosted? Uh, you said something, I made a comment the other day. Is fully vaxxed, what, you said, does that definition change? No, the CDC is not changing their definition. They're okay. saying two shots is fully vaxxed. So boosted you know, is not fully vaxxed necessarily. It doesn't have to be fully vaxxed. Right. Okay. By their standards, but I feel like they're just kind of winging it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. You know, I don't know. The, the other concern is uh, the president's Build Back Better plan. I mean, it may be dead in the water, or at least it can be some semblance. Yeah, build Back Never. Yeah, exactly, because who knows if that's going to happen. And uh, going into an election, midterm election, there's a very good possibility. Now, Brian Westbury, who's an economist we follow at First Trust, the guy has been spot on. He thinks there's going to be a GOP wave or even a GOP tsunami. So it looks like he, uh, I President Biden's not going to get any help. Joe Manchin's about to get a box of chocolates from the GOP. That's it. Just chocolates. <laughs> I also think the pendulum always swings back and forth. Sure. It does, because nothing ever gets done in Washington. And it that's does. good for the market sometimes. Gridlock is I don't good. Know, they have legal marijuana. Not federally. Not federally, D.C. Yeah. D.C. And also we'll talk about with the Fed and what uh, they said over the last couple of years, at least there in their Fed minutes. So when we get back, we have Jesse from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com and we'll talk much, much more about what's going on in the markets right here on the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Here is a quick list of things that you do not need in a financial advisor. One, they do not need to be in the tallest building in town. Two, they do not need to have a one-size-fits-all program. And three, they do not need to have a zombie apocalypse survival plan. Here are a few things that you do need in a financial advisor. One, a firm that takes their fiduciary responsibility to heart. Your success is their success. Two, custom-built portfolios, not cookie-cutter. And three, the ability to use stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds to make the right combination of security and investments for each client. Let the stock doctor and his team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call at 1-888-855-2855. That's 1-888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation, for all clients, except for zombies. Zombies are on their own. Hey, everybody, we're back. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on the Florida Man Radio Network. And as I said earlier, coming up in just a few moments, we have Jesse from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. He is our crypto expert, and he'll be able to help us out and uh, help you out and maneuver the twists and turns in the crypto markets. We do have some questions for him. But before we go any further, 
I do want to just go over a couple of the other concerns that we may have here going forward in the markets because look, there's there's a lot of things going on in the markets, a lot of concerns. And you know, the Fed was one of the major ones. And yesterday the Fed minutes came out and the Fed said that they were they would be open to raising rates four times and possibly raising rates as early as March. I, I find that so hard to believe. As well as offloading some of their balance sheet. Exactly. So not only would they be, you know, taking they're not injecting liquidity into the economy, they're taking it out. Right. So think about this. They um they could rate now we said, I believe so, I'm gonna give my opinion when they we heard that yes, three times they could raise next year. I'm thinking there's no way. It's probably two times. It could be even one time. I think it's gonna be less than what they say, only because look what's going on around us. There there may not be shutdowns, but there's significant concern in the economy about people going out and doing things and, and goods and services. Well, I think the, the minutes that were released were in reference to a meeting that took place three weeks ago. Yeah, quite a while ago. And, and what's transpired in the last three weeks, especially around here that we can think of? Um, everybody, you know, has Omicron now. I mean, in COVID times, three weeks is way too long. Exactly. Yeah, forever. So the Fed is uh, look the possibility. And that's why we saw the sell off in the stocks the last couple of days. The Fed is talking. Yeah, there could be four rate hikes. I don't buy it. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I mean, the Fed probably should have started sooner and, and not. I mean, it's all about how many times and the duration and how long it's going to take them to get to where they want to be. And I think maybe they might just be setting the market up for that, preparing them for it, you know, as far as, you know, really over promising and then under delivering. And that way, this skittishness starts in the beginning of the year, but doesn't necessarily continue. It's a Big time different Jay Powell pre-nomination than post-nomination, that's for sure. Whole so, new guy. So uh, it is time for our very special guest. We'd like to bring on Jesse Markowitz. He's with yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. Jesse, the crowd is going wild for you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And, uh, you know, there's a there's obviously a lot going on in crypto. Every time you turn around, it seems like there's a new coin coming out. And we have several questions. All right, first of all, uh, I'm not going to rag you for your target. I, I said I'm not going to do that. All right. We had a gentleman bet. But you know what? And I told the guys in our meeting, I said, first of all, Jesse was not alone. There was tons of people out there had, no. a, had a, a Bitcoin target of 100,000. Yes. So my question is, do you see, you know, obviously crypto has been in the forefront the last couple of years and become hugely popular, especially among the millennials. Now I'm even hearing clients that are that are my older clients. What do you think of Bitcoin? So. Is it still going to be a big deal next year, this year, 2022? We're going to see a lot of investors get into the crypto markets? Yes. The fundamentals haven't changed. The, uh, the blockchain distributed ledger technology will continue to grow. There are more use cases. Adoption will continue to grow. More investment will occur as more folks become more comfortable, more familiar with crypto as an asset class. More and more folks like your clients are, are asking questions. Hey, should I invest some? How do I get in? And that will continue to drive that market up. Well, do you see regulation changes coming? Because you've heard a lot about this that could affect either how we trade them or how crypto is used. I, I expect that in the United States, we will see some increased regulation. I think it's going to be focused primarily on the exchanges, particularly where people are doing the fiat on-ramp offering, where you're converting from U.S. dollars into cryptocurrency and from cryptocurrency back to U.S. dollars. I think that's where you're going to see most of the uh, regulation focused in the United States. I'm hoping 
that they finally get together on the uh, Bitcoin ETF and will allow for a regular Bitcoin ETF, not just the futures ETF. Right. And, so that, that's what I'm saying, U.S. And what Jesse's talking about is the uh, right now we have a, an ETF that can you could buy it for future pricing on Bitcoin, not an actual spot price like you would be with gold. Jared, you had a question? Correct. Yeah, so is Bitcoin still the future, you think? Is there another up-and-coming um, coin or uh, token that could overtake Bitcoin this year? I, I don't see anything that's going to displace Bitcoin in the next – certainly not in the next 12 months. I mean, Ether performed better last year. It did significantly better than Bitcoin. But, you know, that oftentimes happens when a company, uh, Microsoft or Apple, gets so enormous, of course they're not going to perform as well as a smaller, new, up-and-coming like Zoom or something like that. And, and I think we could see that in 2022 as well. Um, the, the Ethereum network right now is on the cusp of a big change. So I think it's certainly possible that from a – return on investment looking across the next 12 months, it may do better than, than Bitcoin again, um, depending upon how that, how that uh, transformation goes. They're looking at moving from proof of work to proof of stake. They're looking at some other improvements as well. And it's a, uh, it's a big technolo technological risk. If they pull it off, I think it's good, but I think it's also riskier. If there are issues or concerns on it, it may, uh, may drag it down this year. Well, I, I think that if you're gonna develop an ETF that will give you a spot price of Bitcoin, why not develop an ETF that you can own, have a money manager in there owning all the several different types of coins like you would the S&P 500? Do you want to buy the best 100 stocks of the S&P 500? Why not buy the best 50 coins that are in, in the world and trade it? I think that would be a great offering. And if the uh, U.S. federal regulatory agencies would allow it, there are plenty of companies right now that are chomping at the bit to, uh, to put that out. Absolutely. Yeah, that kind of adoption would be incredible, I think, for just the space entirely. But so something that I keep coming across is Solana. Can you sure. give us a little bit of a uh, spark notes or cliff notes on it? <laughs> yeah. So one of the big things about Ethereum that was the major change was it made it much easier to do smart contracts. So that's been a big plus there. The challenge that it ran into is because of the way it was developed and the current usage on it, the pricing on it has gotten very, very expensive. So a number of other companies, Solana being one of them, have come up with platforms and coins and networks that basically do the same type of smart contract type of offerings with their own version, their own improvements, everything else on it, but at dramatically cheaper rates and often with a lot faster uh, confirmations as well. So Solana is one of several that is competing, basically, they call them the Ethereum killers. Would that be something similar to like Avalanche and AVAX? Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So Jesse, if somebody wanted to get started and has really no idea about cryptos and where to get started, how to get this set up, this is what you do with your personal cryptoassist.com, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So what does somebody have to do if they want to get started? Because by the way, folks, uh, Jesse is not a financial advisor. We are financial advisors and we are not recommending to go out and buy Ethereum. That's not our game. But if you want to do this on your own, bless you. If you want to do this on your own, uh, you need somebody that can help and educate you and get you started to make sure you don't make the mistakes. And there's a ton of mistakes that can be made. So Jesse, uh, first things, they've got to get a hold of you and they do it via your website, correct? Correct. Correct. Your personal crypto assistant.com. 
And then yes. you're going to have a consultation with them and you're going to explain to them, here's what do you first of all find out what their goals are, what they're trying to achieve, correct? Exactly. Exactly. And then you are not necessarily going to make recommendations, but you're going to say, okay, if you want to be aggressive Bitcoin or aggressive crypto, maybe go towards this direction. If you want to be a diversified portfolio, maybe go this direction. (laughs) Correct. And while I may mention particular coins and and tokens for folks to look at, it's always a do your own research. Here are the things that you should learn about so you know why are you buying this. Understand the differentials on it. Be able to do that research. But for many people, it's not even trying to get to that level. It's just a help me understand what is it? How does it work? How do I buy it? Where do I put it? How do I keep it safely? How do right. I make safe? How do I make sure that I don't fall for some scam? How do I make sure I don't lose a key and lose everything? So all those types of just the very basics very often. Yeah, and then once you once you buy a coin, you do you have to store it. Mm-hmm. And there are ways with the, with the wallet somehow, and that's what he would be. Able, yeah, Nick, you had a question. I was, I was, it was really more of a comment that you you're serving as a, a navigation through kind of what has been a little bit of a black box, in my opinion. I, I you know, I'm, maybe I should change the name of the company, but in some respects, it's almost more of a concierge service. I think you need to be the crypto can- consigliere. <laughs> I am really yeah. pushing for this. Love that. Love that. I, I may need, I may need to look into that. Yep. You got my vote. Uh, I'd say you better hurry up and do it right now. <laughs> All right, Somebody folks. Somebody else may grab it with the hear it. Again, Jesse Markowitz, yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. He can help navigate through the pits, the pitfalls of the crypto world. And, and again, there's a lot of things that can happen. We've heard the stories of the folks that have they've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in coins because they got stolen or hacked. Or, or they can't remember their password. They can't remember password. Exactly. Or they, away their key. they threw it in a dumpster. Yeah. So yes. just uh, www.yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. Jesse, we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Happy to help. Have a Thanks, great buddy. day. Yeah, you too. You know, and the one thing about that is we don't, that's not what we do. No. It's not what we do. If somebody wants to have exposure, yes, the Grayscale Trust, you could do the BITO, B-I-T-O, but that's not really what we do. Um, you know, we, we manage money for a living and we aren't cryptocurrency experts because I think for most people, it's not suitable at all. For a lot of people, it may be suitable for a very small portion of your portfolio. Agreed. It's, it's yeah. a very risky asset class. Sure, certainly not usually in retirement accounts. Exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, listen, don't forget, we, can, uh, we are able to prepare. Tax time is coming. So when you get your W-2s and 1099s, you can reach out to us. We can help you with that and also do a, an overview of your retirement accounts. Uh, we have about 45 seconds left. I want to talk about Kathy Wood, one that you are a fan of. She runs the ARC funds. She is uh, putting her money where her, her mouth is. On Tuesday, she bought $31 million of DraftKings, which is a stock that we do like. And I know you like it, Nikki, a lot, DKNG. Ew. We do own some. Um but she's doubling down on it. I mean, she's really just averaging her cost down. She is. And it's interesting, too, though. I just saw that DraftKings and I think four other operators are officially going to start accepting mobile sports betting in New York on yep. January 8th. I knew that was going to happen. She also put a bunch of money, $47 million in uh, Square, which is now Block, and Roblox, which is the video gaming company. The Metaverse. The Metaverse, yes. So. Keep in mind what Kathy Wood does. She does have her disclaimer and says that you have to have a five-year time horizon to own these stocks and or her funds. And remember, it's contrary to what Wall Street is looking at right now. Wall Street is looking for more of the P-E ratios. And to have a P-E ratio, you have to first have the E 
side of that, which is earnings. So uh, in most of those companies that she owns does not have earnings. So um, listen, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk much, much more about the markets. We really appreciate you joining us right here on the Florida Man Radio Network. You're listening to the Stock Doctor Prescription. We'll see you next week.